that will ensure that when a shopper physically comes to you in person for either of these reasons, that you are ready to offer something that only you can offer to them. And ideally, you begin the journey of winning the trust of that shopper. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Hello there, my friends. And welcome back to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. Kristen Carpenter, your host here today, CEO and founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Check us out at verdepr.com. And I am here to offer you a solo cast. It has been some time since I have done a solo cast, Channel Masters. And now that the winter show cycle has come and sort of gone... I thought I'd offer a checkup on where some key trends are going in regards to today's connected consumer in 2020. I don't know when you'll be listening to this show, but I'm recording it right at the beginning of February 2020. It's obviously important to continue to bring these trends to light around consumer preferences and their behavior and how they're being trained by big retail and marketplaces, etc., because it is literally the map of sorts that we use to get better at how we serve our target consumer or shopper. So that's a little quick delineation I wanted to make. We're going to be referring to the target shopper, not consumer in 2020. Shoppers have experiences and shopping is more of a leisure exercise, at least it is for a lot of us. (laughs) Shopping is connection. It is gathering with your favorite brands in your favorite stores, whereas consuming is work. You can be a consumer of a vending machine. Some of you loyal listeners know I love how I, you, (laughs) you know that I love how sometimes I refer to marketplaces as vending machines. We don't shop from vending machines. Shopping is not that. We shop to align our identities with what we believe about ourselves. And in 2020, we, the target shopper, you and I are both that person as well, will be doing that more and more with in-person experiences, whether they are at events or in the walls of a physical retail shop or some combination of the two. That's a lot of what we're going to be talking about here today. Remember, you and I, again, are a version of this target shopper. I mean, we are constantly being trained. We want and expect a frictionless experience from online to offline, selection galore, access to the best deals, and phenomenally great content and brand experiences. Just to make sure you know that I'm providing information that is most relevant to you as a specialty brand or retailer, 
I just want to make sure that you know that I know how we can invest as specialty businesses and what we invest in is far different from what Amazon, Tar- Target, Nordstrom's, etc. invests in. I can also tell you that we know how to serve communities and provide a special experience better than they can because that is who we are as specialty brands. So as you're listening to this or reading headlines or just kind of maybe feeling a little overwhelmed day by day with how this keeps changing and how it seems like Amazon is able to to shutter, you know, double-digit retail storefronts while simultaneously offering a brand new lot of them in 2020, which we'll touch on a little bit later here. Don't get frustrated Instead, reconnect with what made you found your business in the first place. Creating a better experience for your target shopper or consumer or user, right? And also enabling them to be part of something, to gather and to have community around your brand. That's who we are. So we definitely can own that lane. They may have us in headcount and fancy tech, but we trump them in how we are hardwired to be true to the shopper's needs and wants. That is who we are. Okay, so obviously we need to continually up-level how we do that to hold the place in our consumers' hearts and attention spans that only we can as their favorite brand or their favorite and trusted retailer. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump into three top trends that you will see your connected consumer evolving with. Whoops, I just made the mistake. Connected shopper. Should we turn this into a drinking game? Probably not, right? (laughs) Okay, sorry. Back to what I'm trying to do here. Let's jump into the top three trends of today's connected shoppers in 2020. All right, the first one. This year, the consumer will continue to be trained this time with human-to-human experiences, including physical retail events and a combination of the two, which is what I touched on right after the intro to this podcast. So at the beginning of the year in January, so just last month, the National Retail Federation's big show happened, and a lot of the headlines that came out of that were loud and proud about the future of retail being within four physical walls. You might as well just steady yourself and get ready to hear experiential brand events a lot. I put links into the show notes at channelmastery.com and verdepr.com on how anthropology will be deploying such events this year. There's a lot of interesting things to glean from reading that event. It doesn't mean we can follow the blueprint, but it's just interesting how they're linking together. I think uh, the best way to to call it is just attribution, meaning how did the consumer discover what they're looking for in anthropology and how do they decide to go to an event and what happens after they're at the event or making a purchase. So they're linking that all together and it's really interesting the types of events that they're choosing to test and learn with this year. So I put a link for that article in there. And I also put a link for an article on Under Armour, which is one of Verde's clients, and how they appointed their first ever chief experience officer. So be sure and check that out because ultimately Under Armour is looking to find that overlay between brand, product, and experience. And that's what the chief experience officer is going to be bringing to life this year. And there's a couple different links that you'll see in the show notes around that. And it's really no wonder We're human after all. We are hardwired with our DNA 
to want to belong. Communities are what used to literally keep us alive back when we were running around with um, Bigfoot and living in caves. <laughs> Today, belonging is more important than ever, and I think that digital can partially be lauded and lambasted for this. I mean, digital is what's connected us more than ever. The internet has truly made the world an infinitely smaller place, but it also keeps us from in-person human-to-human interactions maybe more than we used to before. No, definitely not maybe. I'm certain of that. So that pendulum, I think, is swinging back now to the other side where we're seeking out human-to-human experiences in person. According to eMarketer, United States adults spend close to four hours on their mobile devices every day. That's for 2019. Again, there will be a link for that article in the show notes. That is more time than they used to devote to watching television. To that end, you really need to commit to providing exceptional physical experiences for your consumer, meaning in person. And understanding their expectations is absolutely the best way to spend money in that regard. You're going to put your money and your investment of headcount, et cetera, in the right direction if you understand exactly who you're serving. We're going to get into that a little bit later here. But ultimately, what we need to be looking for on the, in terms of our cons- shoppers being trained in the broader market out there as they're kind of going about their day-to-day lives is more and more pop-up shops are going to catch their attention in 2020. Interactivity is going to play a big, big role in these pop-up shops. I referenced this Amazon article. They're already doing this, and Amazon is one of the biggest trainers of our consumer. The marketplace has a footprint of brick-and-mortar stores already, and just in January of 2020, they announced themed pop-ups. I think there were six of them at the time the article was published last month, and they are described as physical extensions of Amazon.com. They feature curated items at these stores and pop-up events that are intended to help consumers, quote, move seamlessly between their online and in-store experiences. So today, the shopper can move from channel to channel and place to place as they wish, and the more that we make it frictionless for them, the better. Discovery and research will still happen, I think, primarily through online channels, but trust that the physical interaction that a brand can have with a shopper is really the deal maker or deal breaker today. You can think about it this way. Attention, attention will be captured online, but the emotional connection comes from physical touch points, events, stores, etc. those types of channels and experiences. And sometimes they're one and the same. Just like Amazon described here, they're basically trying to make it seamless for the shopper to go from an online research experience right into a curated, you know, in-person, human-to-human experience. All right, the second one is physical retail is going to reign in 2020. As I referenced the National Retail Federation show, literally a ton of the keynotes over the course of that show all pointed to this. And we still know, and this is true right now, at least in Q1 2020, 90% of all purchases are still made in brick-and-mortar stores. And as I said, analysts are pointing to that remaining true in 2020, only at exceptional and innovative retail stores 
And keep in mind that bar is being raised. I mean, you could do a great job with, you know, the basic blocking and tackling of a physical retail store, but ultimately our competition is engineering consumers to have these experiences and ultimately that is going to develop their expectations. So it's just important to know that as you go through your first couple quarters of the year, realize that they are experiencing a different type of retail as they're kind of going about their daily lives outside of what you're providing as a specialty brand or retailer to them. So it's important to think about evolving physical retail as you consider your channel plan for 2020. How do you stay in front of that consumer before, help them during, and be remarkable to them after they purchase or experience an event of some kind with your brand? That's a place where you can own them. And again, think about physical retail differently because your shopper will expect that from you. One of the cool ways to consider this is another trend that I will be writing a blog post about in the next couple weeks here, and it's on embedded retail, where retail is embedded right into the brand experience. Is this new? I mean, climbing gyms have embedded retail. Sometimes I think there's a lot of different examples that we can look at. Uh, You could even look at it the other way with retail embedding uh, coffee or beer or whatever right there in their um, retail environment. But just consider that retail is becoming part of a brand experience in some very innovative ways. So how can we, especially brands and retailers, hack this trend for our own use? Think about things that will make it efficient and very easy for the consumer to do and accomplish and to make the most of their time throughout the course of their day and to give them a little like something remarkable or something awesome for them in the middle of their day as they're stopping by your store. The takeaway is this. Your consumer is going to start to see retail in places of high convenience. A headline uh, just emerged that the Vitamin Shop opened a a small footprint curated retail store inside of LA Fitness. So there's one example that you can read and maybe get some ideas from for your specialty storefront or brand. Another one is Starbucks launched a brand new concept in its Penn Station Manhattan pickup store location. So order on your phone and swing in to pick it up in a very convenient location, a frictionless way that still has a human touch point to it. There's still a barista involved. So that one I think is really a best in class experience in terms of taking what we love about Starbucks and making it even better from a convenient standpoint. So as you're looking at this, and I know that you're, you're, you know, some of you are with brands and some of you are with retailers in specialty, consider how important it's going to be to unite your efforts so that it is really seamless for a consumer to go online to a physical experience of some kind, whether it's an event or retail or both. We can definitely create more exceptional experiences at scale and faster if we work together as brand and retailer. And I'll put the links to this episode, but at the close of 2019, so in Q4 of last year, Mike Massey and Teddy Schiavone of Locally, locally locally.com is where you can check them out, had this to say, brands must fulfill the shopper's requirements on their terms 100% of the time, whether that's at Amazon, at a local store, or direct to consumer. It doesn't really matter where the consumer is. What matters is that the brand is saying yes or the retailer is saying yes 
where they're both saying yes all the time. I love this because they equate saying yes with showing up how our shopper wants us to show up. Why wouldn't we want to buy online, pick up in store, or return in store, or buy our vitamins at our gym where we work out? Convenience, time-saving, ingenuity. I don't even know if I said that right. Sorry. But being ingenious about how you're engineering these experiences for your target shopper, all of them are needed. And when you're working together, brand and retailer, you have more channels to choose from and more to leverage in terms of making these experiences highly localized or highly on brand or a great combination of both. Nimbleness, creativity, and just kicking risk aversion to the curb are all needed to be total channel bosses in 2020. Ironically, the successful channel master will be so good that their target chopper will not even take note of what channel they're actually on or in. They do not see channels. They do not experience channels. The shopper today is the channel. That also came from Mike and Teddy at Locally, and I just think it's so, so helpful and inspirational. So this lines up with a growing and super impactful shopper preference that's gaining even more steam in 2020, and that is buy online, pick up in store, or buy online, return in store. So BOPIS and BORIS, yuck. Aside from being super annoying acronyms that are borderline overused cliches already, we have to love these guys, BORIS and BOPIS. (laughs) In 2020, shoppers will increasingly take advantage of and demand great buy online, pick up in store, and great buy online, return in store experiences. And these are super good opportunities for retailers and brands that have retailer, you know, owned retail outlets or just are able to partner with a specialty retailer to make a fantastic experience happen. So do this for your business this year. Have a dedicated process in place. And ideally, even a person in charge of that, I know everybody's short-staffed, but this is super important, that will ensure that when a shopper physically comes to you in person for either of these reasons, that you are ready to offer something that only you can offer to them. And ideally, you begin the journey of winning the trust of that shopper. You have to start a relationship with them at some point, and what better time than to be remarkable to them than when they are in your store for the first time, returning something or picking up something that they purchased online. Again, according to the National Retail Federation and Toluna Analytics, consumers are primarily attracted to BOPIS and BORIS because it lets them save on shipping costs, 64% on average, actually, they need something right away, 37%, or they received a discount promotion to give it a try, 36%. So this is a really interesting way of looking at it, but ultimately it comes down to save them time, remove friction, and make it easy for them. So clothing, footwear, accessories, along with electronics, groceries, and beauty and personal care items are currently the most popular choices for Bopis and Boris. That's from eMarketer. All the links will be in the show notes. Again, the more we can help a shopper move from channel to channel, online to offline, place to place, as frictionlessly as possible, the better. All right, the third and final trend, tech is not the specialty brand experience but it should be additive to your specialty brand experience. So many of you ask questions when I 
get responses to the newsletter or you just email me your questions, which you're welcome to. And I'll have a way to do that at the show notes at channelmastery.com for this episode or verdepr.com. But specialty brands and retailers do ask consistently about how tech is evolving and how they should be investing in that. And obviously, it's different for every business because your target shopper is different business to business, right? So they're asking about automation, AI, et cetera. And yes, consumers are growing more and more used to the personalized marketing that they get from these tech solutions from giants like Amazon. And there is very much truly a digital divide existing between between how we, especially brands, can serve our target shopper and how our competition, these larger retailers and marketplaces, are serving those same shoppers. Another channel mastery guest who I had on the podcast last year, Mark Schaefer, and I'll put the links, it's one of our most popular shows, I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well, points out in his book, which I highly recommend, The Marketing Rebellion, says that you have to use tech to make the human connection better in the shopper decision journey. The place to start to do that is understanding your shopper's journey, and it is very specific to your specialty brand. Only then will you know what tech can and should be inserted, what you should invest in, how to use it, and ideally how to capture data from it so that you can make that journey even more remarkable. So we need to live and breathe that journey. That's really one of the big takeaways of this entire solo cast. We have to understand where our shoppers discover us, how they emotionally connect with our brand and what we stand for, what resonates with them through all the channel experiences we offer. We must know how to nurture them, which means keeping reminding them that we are indeed the perfect brand for them. <laughs> it is a cycle that begins, ends, and starts again and again if we're doing our best work. And just so you know, I've got a few pointers for understanding your target shopper's journey that I'm going to share with you here, just a couple before we wrap up here today. But I'm also putting the finishing touches on a brand new free resource for you, Channel Masters, that shows how to map your target shopper journey. It launches in late February, so later this month, just in a couple weeks, and you should really opt in to our community at Channel Mastery or VeridePR.com. Sign up for our Channel Mastery community there if you haven't already, and you'll get a heads up in our weekly newsletter on when these resources will be available, as well as several forthcoming resources that we have, because we actually are going to be launching our digital resource here in a matter of weeks, which is super exciting. So we're going to be getting a lot of great information out there into your hands. So... Just a couple pointers, as I said, before we wrap it up here today. So when you understand exactly who your shopper is, you'll also know what channels they prefer to be on to interact with your brand. And I really think that niching down to the point where it hurts and focusing on being remarkable to your target shopper in a very disciplined way is super, super important to do. You have to know who they are and where they are and then focus the energy and resources on those specific channels and platforms. My second tip is serve, don't sell. Again, there are vending machines or marketplaces, otherwise known as marketplaces, for selling. You serve. You are a great specialty brand who serves great specialty experiences and aim for doing that on every single channel comprising your shopper journey. 
you do this correctly, you will win that consumer because no matter how they connect with you, they're getting a great experience. Your shopper doesn't see channels. Remember that. And I also found this great quote that I believe it's from Flame Analytics. That's where it's from. But listen to this. It's so good. Loyalty is the emotional connection. It comes from positive reciprocity, and it's earned when a shopper gets a remarkable experience consistently from a brand or retailer. That is a golden quote right there. Okay, and then the last tip that I have is always, always be building an audience of target shoppers. So whether you're a specialty retailer or a brand, and you can partner in a lot of ways to do this, you should always be growing your audience on your email list. And keep in mind, your email list is real estate you own, social media, you may have huge audiences there, but you do not own the algorithms of those platforms at all. And you have to pay today to get a lot of reach on those platforms, most of the time anyway. So just know that you should be constantly trying to get people to join your email list and then be providing exceptional email marketing or resources through your email marketing to them. This is nurturing. This is the best way to do it. Email is still a top, top converting platform across so many demographics. Okay, and then I have one more small bonus tip, and that is always be surveying, okay? <laughs> Ask what you did well and how you can improve consistently to your target shopper. So let's wrap up with two things not to do, and I stole these from Steve Dennis's forthcoming book, Remarkable Retail, How to Win and Keep Consumers, sorry, Customers in the Age of Digital Disruption. He should have said shoppers. I'll have to send him a memo. Okay, number one, so good. Do not think that a slightly better version of mediocre is a winning strategy. It's not. Again, think about what your consumers or your shoppers are going to be seeing out in the broader world beyond what you provide to them. Think about the melding of experience and retail in physical locations. Think about what they're doing to overlay tech to bring highly personalized experiences you don't have to like jump that high because obviously we have budget and headcount restrictions. What can you do that is going to be remarkable, memorable, shareable? Stay away from mediocre. Stay away from status quo. There's nothing that can kill your business faster than that. This is why there are still a lot of retailers falling because they have created process and systems that keep them mediocre. Okay, let's not do that in 2020. And then it kind of goes hand in hand, but his second tip is do not be unwilling to, to adopt a culture of experimentation. So what that really means is test and learn continually and create that culture of failure, meaning it is okay to fail if you're living a test and learn culture at your business. Okay, we're going to talk more about that in a couple of future episodes with some great, great guests and authors, because that is something I repeatedly hear from you guys that you really do need to understand that change management, changing the goals within your organization and enabling your company culture to be more about experimentation, especially when it comes to accepting failure. You can't make forward progress without face planting every now and then. All right. 
That is it for this solo cast. I invite you to go grab the transcript and show notes at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. And super quick, a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Verde Brand Communications. Our agency has built an incredible reputation and we keep building more trust in our audiences because of it in the specialty markets we serve because we are the go-to team offering strategic, integrated, multi-channel brand communications for specialty brands and retailers today. Learn more about us, please, at verdepr.com. And then please also watch my LinkedIn feeds or grab a spot on our newsletter community at channelmastery.com by opting in with your email Now is a great time to do that in early February because we are going to be offering a lot of different resources and trainings. So as I said, we have our digital resource launching here soon, but I'm also going to be giving a webinar for the Snow Sports Industries of America in late February or early March, as well as an in-person panel at the Bicycle Leadership Conference April 14th to 16th in Monterey, California, right before Sea Otter. That is titled How Specialty Brands and Retailers Can Own the Shopper's Journey in 2020. Brands and retailers have to say yes all the time to win the mind's heart and attention spans and loyalty of today's connected shoppers. That'll be a great one. And I'll be doing some podcasts before and after that as well. And then, as I said, Channel Mastery is launching a series of brown bag webinars supporting the launch of our digital product finally, woohoo, highlighting more consumer behavior trends in 2020 and how to take that knowledge and incorporate it into a nimble, effective, multi-channel brand and selling strategy. It's going to be awesome. And for that, I think we have a wrap. With that, we have a wrap. Thank you so much, everybody, for your time. I'm so, so excited to be serving you in more ways in 2020, starting with February 2020 this month. Please, please opt in and join our newsletter at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. You can do that at iTunes or any place that you you uh, like to stream your podcast from. And again, keep in mind, I will be promoting and posting a lot of stuff on my LinkedIn feed here going forward. So you can also watch that to get the updates. But thank you so much for being part of our incredible, incredible audience and community here at Channel Mastery. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advance notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings. Thanks for listening and see you next week.